see it. Uh, have your Bibles turn with me to Luke, the 19th chapter. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. And uh, well, 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 let me read my text first, and then I'll, I'll say some things. Uh, Luke 18, Luke, Luke 19, I'm sorry, verse 41. Luke 19, verse 41. And when he, speaking of Christ, was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Talking about Jerusalem. Saying, if thou hadst, now I want you to get this, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. They're helpless. He said, uh, and you're going to find out why they're helpless too. For the days shall come unto thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation most gracious heavenly father we thank you again for this day thank you for the blessings of it lord thank you for each and everything lord as we preach these series of messages on helplessness uh lord uh I pray that uh, at least the people that come are getting something out of them, Lord, because they're, they're, they're exactly will teach us, especially this one right here, will teach us exactly why we may have a lot of problems in our life as time goes along. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you for taking care of us. Watch over us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Helpless Jerusalem. Helpless Jerusalem. Boy, I tell you, there's a, I got to move over because the sun is shining off of a headlight out there and it's right in my eyes. So I'm going to move over a little bit. So it's coming right through that left, little left glass. Um, my eyes don't need anything else to make them worse. But anyway, uh, helpless Jerusalem. Uh, let's say this, that Christ's love Jerusalem was not questionable. He loved Jerusalem. As a man, he had a love for Jerusalem. And as a God-man, God incarnate, he loved Jerusalem. He loved Jerusalem as a man. The reason I'm saying this is, is because some of these things is said because he's a man. Some of these things are said because he's a God-man. As God incarnate, he loved Jerusalem. When he saw the prosperity of this great city, oh, he should j- jump them down. No, he didn't. When he saw the prosperity of this great city, he remembered the warnings they had been given and that they have neglected. 
you thank God. You know, I've heard people say, prosper good, make a lot of money and everything. They'll say, boy, the Lord is really prospering me. That's not necessarily so. You'll find out why here in just a minute. You'll find out why Jerusalem is helpless. He wept over their disobedience, for they had put themselves in a spiritual condition that will not go away. These are, these are key things. I'm, I'm emphasizing key things in this message. They had put themselves in a spiritual condition that will not go away. It stays with them. The Lord delivered the Ten Commandments to Israel with instruction on how they should govern their lives, but they refused to listen. Turn with the Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. We're going to have to turn to some of these uh, places here in the Bible because I, I need to I need to get the whole message and hopefully uh, you I won't lose you along the way. Deuteronomy five and verse twenty four. He says, and ye say, behold the Lord, our God, this is Israel, he referring to Israel. And ye say, behold, the Lord, our God has showed us his glory and his greatness. He's done that to us. He's shown shown all of us his glory and his greatness in our lives. And we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen here this day that God doth talk with man and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? If, if we've seen these things and we know these things are true, then why shall we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more than we shall die. In other words, chastisement. They're referring to chastisement here. Because they knew that when the law was delivered to them, they already broke it. They broke it before it was ever delivered to them. That's why Moses threw it down and and broke it. Because that's a symbol of them breaking the laws that God had given them. Now you listen now to me today. Those of you that are here today, I wish everybody was here. But you listen to me. Uh, you know, it is something to break the laws of God. After God warns you of something, it's something to break the laws of God. After this pastor warns you of something, there's certain chastisement if you go and break the laws of God after you've been warned. That's what they're talking about here. The law had been given, but instead of them weeping over their sins, they had more fear because of the fire of the mountain. When the law was given, they should have weeped over their sins, but they didn't do it. How many people have you seen in the last 15 years that have wept over their sins? How many people have you seen walk down this aisle and have wept over their sins? Very few. 
I saw two young men do it. But very few. They were more concerned over the fire taking them than they were the weeping over the sin that they had broken. The law that they had broken of God. Deuteronomy 5 and verse 29. He says, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, not just every now and then, always, that it meant that it, it might be well with them and with their children forever. If they had just listened, if they just had in their heart to listen to God when he warned them, they said it would be good sailing for us and our children. What's wrong with our children today? Could it be something wrong with parents? I'm just a preacher, folks. Brother Sam Wilson called me last night. And he told me, he said, I'm going to put you last on Saturday. So he said, all your cohorts are going to be preaching before you do. And he said, that'll give you an opportunity to correct them. Listen, uh, God warns us. That's not all of it. That's not all of the message. Look at Psalms 95, what the psalmist says. Psalms 95. Look what the psalmist says over here. Listen to these now. I'm telling you. And if, if, and if you love you, if you love your family, you need to take it to them too. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. He made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pastor and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, hearken not your heart, as in the days of provocation. What was the days of provocation? That's when he killed the biggest majority of the people because they disobeyed him. He sent them out in the wilderness. Some some believe that there's as many as maybe 10 million of them that he sent out in the wilderness to, to wander. 
And, and they were to wander out there until everybody 20 years and older died. That's a provocation. Why? Because they hardened their hearts against the Lord. Harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the days of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation. And said it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. I hope you followed that along. Because the Lord, for 40 long years, the Lord chastised them. You'll say, well, they're okay now. All of them 20 years and older died. Well, what did those 20 years and older do? They grew up. That was their sons and their daughters. They grew up to do the same thing their daddies and Mothers did. And so until this day, in the book of Luke, when Jesus wept over Jerusalem, they still had not got their love for the Lord back. That's why Jesus was weeping over them. There was no peace in Jerusalem, none whatsoever. There will be no peace for any who ignore God's word, which plainly teaches God's way. Like Jerusalem, people today really believe their way is better, is a better way than God's word teaches. My way is better. I know what I need to do for my life. I know what's right for my life. And you're not going to take that away from me, Brother Paul. You say, where do you get those things at? I was told at one time. I know what's good for me and my family, and you're not going to take that away from us. Listen, folks. God's way is the only way. Some might say, well, his way is the only way, or his way is that or the highway. Well, that's God's. God can say that. My way or the highway. Some, gosh, thousand years, maybe. Some thousand years they had suffered And you're going to learn that they're not done with their suffering because you're going to learn in this message today that God told them you've got suffering yet to come. All those years, you might say, well, I can just bow down somewhere and thank and ask the Lord forgive me for all my sins. I like it when somebody says, well, uh, Lord, if I sin, I want forgiveness for it. They did not recognize their sin. People today don't recognize their sin. So that makes them helpless most of their life. 
Christ is not weeping over this generation, but this generation is grieving the Holy Spirit with their bitterness, their wrath, their anger, their clamor, their evil speaking concerning God and even his messengers. Jesus is not weeping over this generation. It's the Holy Spirit that's grieved over this generation. How long does the grief of the Holy Spirit last? It don't stop. You're going to learn that. In this message, it doesn't stop. We might say, well, I hope hope I didn't grieve the Holy Spirit. But if you did, it's going to stick with you. Now, if we're to understand helpless Jerusalem... We must see they knew not real peace. They don't. They didn't know what real peace was. Verse 42 of our text, turn back to our text, back in the book of Luke, the 19th chapter. I, I turned away, but I didn't mean to do that. Luke, the 19th chapter, and verse 42 of our text says, If thou hadst known, you already read how they were warned. I've already read that to you. In the Old Testament, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. They cannot find peace. Nothing. They're helpless. They're a helpless people. Jesus looked at them and said, they're a helpless people. Oh, they prospered. They did a lot of things. I mean, they, they go to the day, even today. They go to the wailing wall, and they pray. And even even I've heard some Gentiles say that they went over there, and they said it was just a oh, it felt so it felt so good to go to the wailing wall and pray. It feels good to those Jews too, but it's not accomplishing them anything. They still don't have any peace. They still don't have any peace. I'm afraid that this generation is as Jerusalem who has rejected the things which brings peace to their lives will never be able to see it again. They'll never see peace in their life again. You'll say, well, how do you know these things? I experience them. I experience them. There, there have been things in my life that has taken my peace away and I've had trouble getting it back. We wonder why, we wonder why opioids are selling like crazy. We wonder why doctors are being prosecuted because they sell too many of them. Pharmacists being prosecuted because they fill too many prescriptions. We live in a day when people are looking for peace. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah said, they shall cry, peace, peace, peace. But there won't be any peace. He's talking about Jerusalem there. Well, what's the difference in today? Are we different than they? We're no different than they are. You go over to the book of Hebrews. I don't, I'm not going over there today. But you go to the book of Hebrews, he says that. He says it's no different today than it was back then. In the book of Hebrews, I believe it's around the 10th chapter, ninth or 10th chapter of Hebrews. 
Isaiah said they cry peace, peace, but they can find no peace. That's what that's that's the shape Jerusalem was in. Even today they go to the wailing wall and they cry out for peace, but there is no peace. There is none. Luke 13. Turn back there with me if you would. We're going to be turning some because I want to get this message across. Anybody that may listen to it on on the internet, I want to be sure and get this message across. Luke 13 and verse 34. says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. You wouldn't have none of it. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. What about the man when the when, when, when the evil spirits go out of him, he looks for, he looks for peace. He goes to his own house. He can't find it. He goes to his own household and he doesn't find it. There's no, there's no better comfort for me than to go to the house and get in my recliner. Isn't that right, Brother Sam? A lot of comfort. But he is saying that when they return into their house, they won't find any peace. They won't find it. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time cometh when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. When's that going to be? During the millennium period. He says, you're, you're not going to have any peace. That's the reason he, you wonder why he cried over Jerusalem. Why did he cry over such great city? Why, why does your pastor sometimes cry over his church? You know, I was telling Warren just had surgery again. I didn't get, I didn't get to go up there when he had surgery. But I told his mother, I said, will you call me when Warren goes into surgery because I want to head for my praying place. How many tears are shed today in that praying place over your church, over the people of your church? Jesus wept. He's not going to weep over it because he knows you're going to get what you deserve. Why should you weep over something when you get something you deserve? Why should you weep over it? Why should you cry over it? Why should you cry? Why, Lord? Why, Lord? Why, Lord, is it me? If you can't figure out why it's you, then you've got some problems. Listen, today, for the things that will bring spiritual peace to your lives, listen today for the things that will bring spiritual peace to your lives and forget the outward things which you may think will bring peace to you. Oh, if I can just get to the beach, I'll be happy. 
How many times, Brother Sam, have you wanted to get to your recliner and when you sit down you feel just as bad as you did when you stand up? I think that recliner's got all the healing ever was in it. But you still feel just as bad as you did when you're standing up. If we're to understand helpless Jerusalem, we must understand, we must see how God deals with a disobedient people. Here's something you need to open your ears up and listen to. How God deals with disobedient people. Verse 43 of our text. I don't know why I keep turning away from it. I should have put something in there and block it. In verse 43 of our text, he says, For the day shall come upon thee. Talking about Jerusalem now. This was in the days of Christ. This wasn't in the Old Testament. He's talking about in the day, now the days of Christ, the New Testament. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side. When did that happen? That happened in 70 A.D. when Darius overran Jerusalem. He tore down the wall. He tore down the temple. He tore down everything. He just, he devastated the city. He devastated the city. And he put the people in a position to where they couldn't get away. They were helpless. When Darius overran Jerusalem, they couldn't do a thing about it. And he told them, he said, it's coming. This, this was in probably about 3 A.D. But in 70 A.D. it came. Jerusalem was overrun. And you got some of the preterite people who believe that that's when the tribulation come. I don't know where they get that at. But, but they, some people have a preterite view. We've had people right here at church that had that view. That was for the that was for the Jewish people he's referring to here. Christ is speaking of the day when Jerusalem will be overrun and destroyed, which happened in seventy A.D. Jerusalem could do nothing to stop it. They could do nothing to stop it because they wouldn't warn when they were coming. They could do nothing to stop it. This generation which neglects the truths of the word will also be destroyed without remedy. They won't have any opportunity to stop it. Second Thessalonians 2. Turn with me. Second Thessalonians 2. I'm going to show you that. I'm not just preaching to hear my head rattle. I'm going to show you something. Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 8 says, And then shall that wicked be revealed. This is talking about the last days. During the, during the tribulation air time. 
And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, deception. What is, what is today like deception? When a lizard can sell insurance, that's deception. When a camel can sell insurance, that's deception. Hope, hope, hope day. What day is it? Hump day. Yeah. What about a hog selling something? I saw a hog selling something the other day on TV. Are we not in the days of deception? Would a camel lie to you? Would a lizard lie to you? Would a hog lie to you? Brother David Collier, if he's, if he's up in heaven, he's laughing at this one. He's listening to this. Would a hog lie to you? What about a used car salesman? Would he lie to you? Sure. We live in that day. We live in that day. Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 8. Now we're down to verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the truth, no, the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie, and that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Pleasure in unrighteousness. Oh boy, it's so much fun. Unrighteousness is so much fun today. You've got all kinds of gaming things, gaming places, gaming this, gaming that. Everywhere you turn around and look, you've got it everywhere. You've got the lottery. You've got all those things. How many people bought tickets when that lottery was up to uh, nearly around a billion dollars? Millions of them. One, your chance of winning that was one in something like a trillion, something like that. But people want to take a chance. That's what we live in today. That's, that's where we live today. You wonder why people just don't don't see it. They don't see it. That's because they can't see it. They're helpless. They can't see it. Because he said all those that rejected the love of the truth 
Now, he didn't say reject the truth because a lot of people accept the truth, but do they love it? The love of the truth. They're sent strong delusions that they believe a lie. They can't help it. Well, I'd never believe a liar. They can't help it. They can't help it. That's how God deals with the disobedient people. Now, if we're to understand helpless Jerusalem, we must see the results from God's anger. Now, God was angry with Jerusalem. Jesus wept over them. Now, don't you understand this? There's a difference in the man Jesus weeping over them and God being angry with them. You know why Jesus wept over them? Because he knew God the Father was angry over them. Verse 40 again. What I, what I do that for? Turn away from it. Let's turn, let's go back to verse, Luke verse 43 of our text. Luke 19. Verse 43. Now, verse 44 should be. He says, and, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. What, what does 20, Luke 20, I mean, Matthew 24 say? Go back, you know, we're not going back there. But what does Matthew 24 say? Matthew 24 says, Woe unto those that are with child. That's what he's saying here. He's saying it don't make no difference if you're pregnant with a child. You, you're still going to be destroyed. And shall lay thee even unto the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. You know you got no, you're not going to receive a warning when God knock, knock, knocks on your door. There's nobody, no family member going to warn you. You might say, "Well, I'll run to daddy, or I'll run to mama, I'll run to somebody." They'll tell. No, they're not going to warn you because they're not going to know it either. When God knocks on your door, and He's going to knock. That's what scares me to death. That's why I shed tears. Because I know he's going to knock. He's going to knock on your door someday. And you're going to have to, as my mom used to say, Becky's chickens have come to roost. My mom would say, when your chickens come to roost. Even the children will be chastised because of the sins of the fathers. What's wrong with the children today in today's generation? What's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? Why is it that the first chance they get, they're gone? They turn 18, they think they've got new things, and they're gone. You know... I, I will say this, Brother Kendall was one didn't care if they was 18. He'd still strap them.
When he turned 18, they're gone. I've got a new friend this boy. I don't have to listen to daddy and mama anymore. Well, you don't listen to them to start with. If you'd have listened to them to start with and they told you and warned you, then it would have been different. But you know what? They didn't warn you. They just let you go. They let you, they let you learn on your own. What's wrong with the children in today's generation? Are they being chastised because of the sins of the fathers? I believe this to be so, I do. Is there a remedy for them? I think not. It is already too late. God is in the process of showing his wrath right now. He's in the process of doing it. Jesus knew that when he looked at Jerusalem, when he came up into Jerusalem, he wept. He knew that God was in the process of chastising them. You know, somebody told me one time, says, I, I know they're being chastised, but said, don't you think we ought to pray that God would stop it? Well, we can, but it's not going to stop because God's going to do it. It's going, it's going to come to fruitation because that's God's way. Same way with Jerusalem. All right. Let's leave. Let's all stand. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day.